0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600.
1: And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, here it is Monday morning. And once again, there is no panel. There is me. But there is you. <laughs> or there are you, depending upon uh if I get one or more callers, and uh, you never know it, it could happen uh let's see I hope you had a wonderful Christmas I know we did it was uh terrific actually and uh um, we're uh ready to go toward new year's now and uh thank you very very much for your company this morning I've got uh so many pages actually what i 've done here is i've combined the pages from the previous week just to be on the safe side and um so if I run out of uh things to talk about, uh I can go back to what I talked about last Monday, <laughs> so there you are well uh we're going to talk to um talk to you this morning. About um, what's on page six of my <laughs> of my uh, preparation for this morning um, this has to do with uh, the one socket call. I had prepared this, and we didn't get a chance to talk to you much about it, so I wanted to uh, lead off this morning with the uh, the calls rather excellent story which i believe they got from the washingtonpost.com the article claims that about 5.1 million of us who are over the age of 65 either have alzheimer's or some other related dementia disorders further the F, uh, the cdc claims one out of 9 have alzheimer's of some sort, I guess. The article goes on to say that those of us who have a lot to do, such as have a hobby or maybe own a radio station <laughs> or ham radio operator, or, you know, a guy goes to flea markets and yard sales, um, it, they, they seem to say that if I have a pursuit, something like that, it helps keep our mind sharp and that helps. Uh, helps um, keep us away from dreaded Alzheimer's? Maybe. Risk factors include high blood pressure. I don't have that. Diabetes, don't have that. Hearing loss, don't have that. And they add to it um, people who uh, drink, smoke, inactivity, air pollution, depression, social isolation, and a lower level of education are all factors that may indeed be the reason some folks have Alzheimer's. So anyway, I I brought in the entire article, but it is so lengthy. What I did is I I tried to thin it down for radio, which is what I try to do on the entire um, program here. Pew Research says that over half of all Americans had retired by the end of the third quarter of 2021. Did you realize that? In other words, half of the American population is like yours truly, Dick Bouchard, retired. (laughs) Retired, yeah. In a sense, I actually retired in 1996 from the state of Rhode Island But uh, that lasted a whole week until FEMA called me up and said, "Uh, uh, you are retired, right? I said, yes, good. Tomorrow morning, you report to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, check in there to that disaster out there. I said, what the hell are you talking about? And they said to me, well, Richard, we've been paying half your pay since uh, you were 26 years old. And you retired at 56 years old. So we kind of know a lot about you. (laughs) And we want you to go to Minneapolis and uh, work for us out there. Seriously? I don't have any credentials. That's all right. A state trooper will show up at your door and we'll hand you a federal credit card and uh, identification and what have you. And uh, you're going to get on a plane and you're going to fly to Minneapolis. Which I did. 17 years later, (laughs) um, I basically uh, ended my association with FEMA, which during that tenure came under the the, uh, auspices of the Department of Homeland Security. And, you know, I've been around in politics long enough to realize that that was probably one of the most stupid decisions ever made. And uh, eventually, I could see uh, the truth of my thinking on it. And DHS basically is in charge of a whole bunch of federal agencies, and a whole bunch of them are having all kinds of problems because of DHS. But I'm just going to leave that alone. Did you know that um, the average life expectancy these days has dropped a little bit? It's dropped to 76.1. So if you're 76 years old, you're saying, oh, my God, I'm going to die. No, no, that's the average age. I mean, there are people like me, for example, who have somehow lived to 84, and I'm still going strong. And my brother has also passed the 76-year-old age mark since he's six years younger than me. Anyway, the article goes on to say you're never too old to improve. So, have you thought about taking up a new hobby? Have you engaged in mentally stimulating activities? And I remember my mother, until her dying day, would love to do crossword puzzles, for example. Other people just read the newspaper from cover to cover. I I know Larry Poitras uh, has always mentioned Uh, He scrutinized the paper from one end to the other. (laughs) He'd even read the classified ads. One person wrote this rather revealing comment about his actions. Um, So um, I'm going to uh, talk. You know, the the bottom line, the University of Southern California uh, has been studying this dreaded disease. And I just wanted to share all that stuff with you. Read a book. Read a newspaper. Listen to the radio. You might learn something. Now, on Wednesday morning of last week, we learned that Governor Abbott of Texas had dispatched 400 National Guard troops to try and seal off the border with razor wire and armed troops. And some commenters said, "Uh uh-oh, he's too late. One person wrote this rather revealing comment on his actions, and I wanted to share it with you. He's tried to declare and secure the border many times. He's lost several legal challenges with his efforts to send in the National Guard because the courts ruled the responsibility to secure the border lies with the federal government under the direction of the president. Well, he then worked to buy land from Texas property owners along the border so he could erect a wall along parts not patrolled by the Border Patrol. That's costing the state of Texas many billions of dollars per year. The writer, whose name is Brian, said this. I'm very glad he's shipping some of those apprehended at the border to sanctuary cities and states. He notes that Texas does not allow any deficit spending. So it can't print money out of thin air like the feds do. The huge numbers of criminals pouring over the longest border with Mexico which is Texas, is border, by the way, are committing violent crimes. They're filling up our prisons and legal systems. And this writer, Brian, says in the last 10 years, 265,000 illegal aliens were charged with 446,000 criminal offenses, including 800 homicides, 54,000 assaults, 5,700 sexual assaults, over 6,000 other sexual crimes, 2,500 robberies, etc., etc., etc. It costs, by the way, $150 per day to house, feed, and clothe and to provide medical care and other services for each inmate that we just mentioned may have gotten arrested from all those 446,000 criminal offenses. And that doesn't count the huge costs to community jails, police, and the court systems. It's a social, legal, criminal, and financial disaster. And the border state of Texas has been prevented from adequately addressing the issue under both the Obama and now the Joe Biden administrations. The U.S. Border Patrol in Texas has been demoralized because they've been prohibited from stopping the invasion along our southern border. The caravans have been organized by Democrat-affiliated organizations and Mexican cartels that pay for the operations. And they advise the illegals how to skirt U.S. legal limitations. After World War II, you may recall, the Border Patrol members were actually ex-soldiers. And they warned anybody they saw crossing the U.O. Grand to turn back or they'd be shot. That worked quite well. That's how the borders were enforced. A few bullets and bodies, and the border is secured after the word gets out. To make this like our pullout of Afghanistan is the way it seems to be going these days, and it's happening every day. My source for this story was the Citizen Free Press. Another citizen commented, So, you want what Texas has done, more like California, Arizona, and New Mexico. Biden and the feds are the problem. All those borders are... uh, Being overrun by illegals. Here's another comment. Reverse illegal alien eligibility for taxpayer-funded benefits and services. Removing a dominant incentive to emigrate. And you watch self-deportation begin. And here's another writer, unhinged. I read all these comments, you know. Get ready, you liberals. The earliest doctor's appointment is no longer going to be a month. Now it'll be three months. And, and some members of my family have already told me that it's one, two, or three months just to visit your doctor. And you think traffic is bad? Now, how about housing? We have hundreds of thousands of homes short for the existing population, the legal ones. What does 30 million people flooding into the U.S. look like after six more months? You know, in the coming weeks, we've got a massive, humanitarian. A humanitarian disaster coming. And I say, listen, you can thank Joe Biden for it. And you, Rhode Islanders, and my Bay State listeners, sent more Democrats to D.C. to support these ridiculous policies. Shame on those of you who voted for Democrats because they are the root cause of everything I've just talked about. You may have a comment. I think everybody I talk to, I mean everybody, even uh, some staunch, uh, die-hard Democrats, uh, definitely have a problem with what's going on at the borders, as they should. You are listening to the Upfront program. My name is Dick Bouchard. I'm here every Monday morning to annoy some of you who may not
2: think as I do. So, what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy sirloin steak. Filet- Young or a bourbon street steak tip dinner all char broiled to your taste perfection and we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials kitchen open friday and saturday till midnight restaurant open seven days a week it's time to make it a grumpy's experience today Did you hear my brother say
1: they're open seven days a week? And that includes New Year's Eve coming up and all New Year's Day.
2: That's grumpy. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured, over 30 years experience. From Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So, when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is 334 6060 Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. Whether you like it or
0: not, snow is coming soon. Are you ready to control it? Tony's State Line Power Products at 271 Main Street in Blackstone has the king of the snow, Aaron's snow-throwing equipment. Come on in and talk to Tony, and she'll size up how much of a snow-throwing experience you need. We have a full line of Aaron's snow-throwers to handle your property from 20 inches to 36 inches of clearing capacity. We also have portable generators by Generac and Husqvarna for your emergency power needs. Come see our huge selection at State Line Power Products in Blackstone. Showroom open Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony's State Line Power Our Products is ready for this winter. Are you? You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show.
1: Now, let's get back to the panel. Well, by now, I'm sure you're aware, since you're uh, no doubt uh, have been exposed to some TV and newspapers and what have you, that uh, they have passed this ridiculous um, bill Uh, 4,155 pages of items that I talked to you about the previous week. Um, It contained, here's the thing that really ticked me off. Um, As far as I'm concerned, continuing resolutions is all they really needed. And uh, just, just keep passing them until the new Congress gets seated. But no, no, no. Anyway, they pushed this thing through. With 7,510 earmarks. Now, I'm going to talk about the earmarks in a moment because it comes right down here to Rhode Island. The bill for this stupid bill is $1.7 trillion. Now, let me tell you, what really ticked me off was the special woke earmarks for. Different initiatives such as the American LGBTQ plus museum, an LGBTQ support center. And the bill has nearly a half million dollars for the growth of an equity incubator incubator. What's an equity incubator? Well, stand by. You're going to learn. It's located right here in Rhode Island. I can't imagine who managed to put that into the bill. So I'm the kind of guy, when I see something like that and I say, what's an equity incubator? Well, I looked it up. Turns out the Equity Institute, which is indeed the equity incubator, that's going to get a half million dollars for professional development of educators. How do you like that? Here's what they do. They indoctrinate teachers with anti-racism virtual laboratories. Oh, my word. So I had to do more research. I said, that's not enough for me. My listeners are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? A half a million dollars for the equity incubator .org never caught my attention before I researched this last Wednesday. It turns out that Rhode Island was one of the first 16 states to get approval from the U.S. Department of Education when Gina Raimondo was our governor to create an equity incubator plan. How exciting! Because I never heard about it. The Rhode Island plan is meant to ensure equitable access to excellent educators. Well, that sounds like a real sensible thing until you hear more, so don't go away. It sets forth a number of steps that Rhode Island claims it has been taking to recruit, prepare, support, and retain excellent teachers and school leaders in high-poverty and high-minority schools. And then it goes on to uh, promise researching the best practices on student teaching and internships to propose policy changes if needed. Establishes a robust induction model for new educators. In other words, let's brainwash them. Working with school districts to improve the cultural competency of educators. Provides support to school districts in reviewing equity data and determining hiring needs and determining whether financial incentives might be more effective to recruit candidates and assembling a task force to improve the perception of the teaching profession. So I said, you know, that plan sounds pretty good until you find out what the plan created. So my research found that there is such a thing as the Rhode Island Equity Institute. And believe it or not, it's been in operation since 2019, even though I bet you never even heard about it. From their current website, I learned that Carla Vigil is the CEO. She was born in El Salvador, and she was raised in Providence. The co-founder of the Rhode Island Equity Institute, to get that half million dollars I talked about, is Karen Howard. He's what's called the Chief Impact Officer. And next we have the Chief of Staff. That's Caitla Rodriguez, born in Mexico and grew up in California, but she's here now. And next we have a Program Manager, Ayana Boss, a Certified Elementary Special Educator whose job, she says, is to address teacher shortages and diversity within the teacher workforce. And then we have Vanessa Vigil. She's another program manager whose job description, it says, is to support the development and management of Equity Institute's Educator Pathway Program, which, by the way, when I translate it for you, is to promote equitable access to education and health care across the city of Providence. Now we have Sophie Engel, who is what they call a design lead since she's a designer, illustrator, and maker, and she assists the team with visual content and display of information in engaging, accessible, and exciting ways. And then we have Julian Bessinger, the Equities Institute's data manager who on their website claims he believes in equitable access to transformational power of education for all students, and he strives to make it a reality through research and policy. Then we have T. Samina. She's the training and content manager, and guess what? The T stands for, I have no idea, seems she was raised in rural Central Valley of California, where he, excuse me, he cultivated his advocacy for BIPOC communities, migrants, and LGBTQIA plus communities. Now listen, I had to look up what BIPOC translates to. Do you know what BIPOC stands for? You don't? Well, it stands for black, indigenous, and people of color. See? It's pronounced BIPOC. This is a term specific to the United States. And it's intended to center the experiences of black and indigenous groups and demonstrate solidarity between communities of color. And we're not done. They've got quite a staff down at the Equity Institute. Here's Ariana Orlavarria. And she is the Institute's instructional designer. Seems she taught in the Bronx. And uh, that's in New York, of course, where her experiences on both sides of the public school system have developed her ideas and philosophy around education and ways to engage the BIPOC community in systems that have historically marginalized their voices. And finally let's meet the last member I was able to identify Claire Kim she's the training and contact manager and uh, she says on their website what she does is facilitates professional development on topics of equity for schools and districts across the United States wow does all that from providence over the past 3 years the equity institute claims that this group has engaged nearly 1,500 students. She did that, and that's, let's see, 2019, 2020, 2021, and now here we are. Well, that's that's about four years. So what's that work out to? Never mind. The Projo, back in September, ran a story about another agency, College Outbound, who joined Equity Institute to band together to increase teachers' education in Rhode Island. That puts teachers' assistants on a path to certification and brings more teachers of color into the classroom. Frankly, as I told you when I started this, until last Wednesday I never heard of them. How about you? They claim to be a nonprofit organization. Well, House Republicans say they've located emails and text messages implicating guess who? Nancy Pelosi in the failed January 6th, capital security operation. I told you this a couple of years ago. Just the the news founder, John Solomon, joined Jason Chavez on Hannity on Wednesday night to discuss a new report that implicates Nancy Pelosi in the failed U.S. capital security on January the 6th. And I'm sure you're going to recall this when I read it to you now. According to the report... House Republicans have collected emails and text messages that implicate Pelosi in the failed security situation at the U.S. Capitol that day. You may recall it was President Trump who recommended 10,000 National Guard troops be deployed to the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. But guess who? Nancy Pelosi turned him down. You remember me telling you that the internal communications were made public Wednesday. In a report that was compiled by uh of, of several uh Republican representatives it encompasses the results of months of investigation they did uh, about the evidence that's been ignored by the democrat led january sixth committee i i can't wait till the Democrats take office uh, uh, at <laughs> leave office rather. And we have the Republicans taking control of the House. And I can't wait for their investigation. And let's see how that works out. My source, gatewaypundit.com. On Wednesday's broadcast of Fox News, Hannity, House Minority Whip, Representative Steve Scalise from Louisiana, stated that the appropriations process needs to change so that government funding bills are passed by the House before summer. And the Senate can't wait until Christmas Eve like they did this year. Throw something together in a big, omnibus bill where they have everything under the sun that nobody can read. Scalise said, One of the things we've talked about is actually changing the way the entire appropriations process works. Well, it's about time. And as majority leader... I've laid out a schedule working with Representative Kay Granger of Texas, who's going to be the chair of the Appropriations Committee, so that we can actually pass all of the bills through the House before summer and then get them over to the Senate. And I say, well, that'll probably happen, but what happens in the Senate is another matter. My source, Breitbart.com. You're listening to the Upfront program. This is the Monday morning edition. And um, we can't continue with this uh, tirade without talking about Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Republican, who called for amendments to prevent similar measures in the future. He spoke at a news conference, and he was saying that the... uh, you know, this thing was produced in the dead of night, 1.30 in the morning when it was actually released. Senator Rand Paul, who would never mince his words, scolded his fellow senators and Congress saying that they've had almost 10 months to produce a spending plan, and they weren't ready at the end of the federal fiscal year, which, by the way, is September 30th, in case you didn't know. So they voted themselves 90 more days. And, of course, they weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 Wednesday morning. Well, we must pass it or the government will shut down. Let it shut down. I could care less. Don't tell me you defend democracy if you support one bill once a year that funds everything written behind closed doors by a few insiders and now brings back earmarks. Oh, well. Anyway, did you know that the bill uh, doesn't uh, give any money to doing anything about our a border? But guess what it includes? $410 million to the countries of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and omen for enhanced border security. But nothing for us. Let those illegals keep pouring across the border. Oh, gee. Did you hear about uh, what Mitch McConnell was bragging about? Yep, $65 million for the Pacific Coastal Salmon Recovery System. $3 million for bee-friendly highways. And how about that $3.6 million for the Michelle Obama Trail in Georgia? Well, guess what? The welfare state is out of control. Did you know that? Um, yes, it really is. Conservative economist Stephen Moore and a couple of others on the Committee to Unleash Prosperity analyzed what a typical four-person family with two non-working adults could receive in welfare benefits, including both unemployment and health care subsidies across the 50 states. Now, I I found this very interesting, so I'm going to get down here to Massachusetts and Rhode Island shortly. But let me just tell you that they found that in three states, Washington, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, a typical family can earn the equivalent of more than $100,000 annually without working, thanks to various government programs. Meanwhile, 14 states exist where the benefits are equivalent to $80,000 annual salary or more. Do you make 80000 a year? In these states, like Rhode Island which comes in at 85000 for that typical family, welfare pays better than working as, let's say, a schoolteacher or an electrician, according to the study. In 24 states, languishing on welfare pays better than the typical salary earned by a firefighter, a truck driver, or a machinist. Does that sound like a system incentivizing the right things? No wonder there are so many people who don't want to work anymore. You know it, and I know it. The most basic lesson of economics is that people respond to incentives. And when pathways exist to receive above-average incomes without working, many people will choose that over toiling and working hard to earn less. And the expenses that go with... Getting to and from work. The inevitable result is lower employment, slower economic growth, and a dearth of dignity among those who have been incentivized out of work. By the way, my source for the story was the WashingtonExaminer.com. Now, I did a little further studying which revealed that if we change the metrics to two unemployed parents, with two dependent minor children, and that's a little more like it, right? They earned the income equivalent hourly wage, puts the Bay State, our next-door neighbor of Massachusetts, as the highest nation in the country. And the amount of money that they get puts them in first place at $112,502 for not working. And that figures out to an hourly wage of $28 an hour. Washington drops into second place at $112,000. Minnesota drops into third place. Then uh, we have a correction. New Jersey's in third place. Minnesota's in fourth place. Illinois's in fifth place. Colorado's in sixth place. And guess who's in seventh place? Rhode Island. Yep. $80,407 for that. Uh, unemployed parents of two with two dependent minor children. Works out to $20 an hour for not working, a single hour for a full year. Isn't that terrific? And you wonder why there are so many. We're hiring signs out in both Massachusetts and Rhode Island. You're next on WNRI. Go ahead.
0: Good morning. Good morning. I to change the subject on you, but I have to call in. And I was watching um, a video on, my, on the internet last night, and I got this ad for Greenpeace. Okay. Come give us money, right? Yeah. And I got to take and throw out my hat to SiteJabber because I wrote a review on Greenpeace, and SiteJabber actually published it instead of hiding it. And, of course, the, the, the title to the review is Greenpeace Starvation in Sri Lanka. <laughs> and you can imagine how the rest of it goes.
1: You were really concerned about that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I am. Um it's about I could read it if you want, but it's a full paragraph. Yeah. But well, they let me put it up there and um it was all about Greenpeace shutting and shutting down on fossil fuel production, people starving to death, and mm-hmm. of course, the fact that they won't allow us to use nuclear power either. So no, you know the story I give, but they, uh, but I got to throw it out. Sight jabber actually published it and let
1: me put it up. Well, that was good of them to do that. At least, uh, you know, like I, like I've done here on my program. After I read a, a piece, as I did, you know, and and we and we have, uh, uh, you know, comments from people. I sometimes pick up the comments, so I hope somebody reads your comments. All right.
0: Well, I also. I, I used screen capture to capture the advertisement, and, I, and and when they asked me to prove I was a customer, I put the, the bit image of the advertisement on it, so they had no problem publishing it at all.
1: Well, I'm glad you did that. Bob, thanks for calling in from Pawtucket. Appreciate it. You have a great yep, day. Have a
0: good day.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. All right, you are listening to the Upfront program. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back shortly. Let's talk about auto insurance. Does your current policy provide a claim satisfaction guarantee? The answer is no, unless you have Allstate because no other insurance company makes that promise. And you can get a quick quote on home and car insurance from the Benjamin Allstate Insurance Agency with two convenient offices. The main office across from Dowling Village and their new office, 72 South Main Street, South Bellingham. Pull out your current insurance policy page and see how much you'll save by switching to the Benjamin All State Agency. And let's talk about All State's Claim Satisfaction Guarantee, which means you get your money back, no questions asked, included free with your standard All State policies. Kara Benjamin and her staff ready to serve you in person or by telephone. Call 401-7651 Five 5000 puts you in touch with either office. Let's talk about savings with Allstate Home and Car Insurance. Remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. At Brother's Disposal, you get unmatched services and superior customer support. They offer daily, weekly, or monthly trash pickups for commercial and residential customers. With years of experience, count on Brother's Disposal to provide you with the services that you need. They offer free estimates, too. Other services include roll-off containers. They offer weekly pickups for those customers with those big projects coming up. When you're in need of demolition or excavation work, there's only one place to call, Brother's Disposal. Bobcat services available, too. Call their family-owned, Cumberland-based business today. 401-688-0517 for affordable rates. They're the ones you trust. 401-688-0517.
0: You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back
1: to the panel. And the panel here on Monday mornings. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard and uh, our callers. Hi, you're next on WNRI. Thanks for calling. Good
3: morning. Over the weekend, I was relaxing a little bit, and I said, I'll turn on and see what classic I can see, and it said, The Christmas Carol. I said, fine, I put it on. I'm looking at it, and I said, this can't. I kept turning back, but then I noticed in front, it says... like. XL or something in front of it Uh-oh. and a semicolon and then the Christmas Carol. Well, what was going on in that Christmas Carol was not based on the original. Uh, number one, and it's the end. Did I even watch it the second time? I said, maybe I'm overtired. <laughs> but where they, he ends up at Cratchit's house asking forgiveness and um, Bob Cratchit was the only white guy there. <laughs> and that's okay. But then the wife at the end takes over as if she had a spell on him. Mm. And at that time, no woman would get up and address someone, an authority that you make your living with, right? Mm-hmm. And she got up And gave him what for. But then the spell and how she worked this. And I'm yeah. saying, what the hell is going Classic. So, and then I, I go to another. You know, I wait, and I said, "Oh, there's the Excel again." And, and I'm saying, "Are you kidding? It wasn't even like the original." Not,
1: not even close,
3: huh? They, they had coal mines. I mean, give me a break. They have coal mines in that in that book because I love the classics, even from you know. Uh, House of Seven Gables. They must have been working hard. Scrooge was young enough to be my son, for God's sake. It was a bad die, die job. <laughs> and then, I, okay, I'm yeah, now I'm staying where, up and making me die
1: Where did you find this stupid uh, program? This well, what thing
3: was on, they had some free Stars? Stars? Well, usually they have some. Oh, okay. But I'm, I could not believe. I, I, I'm listening to this. Jeez. And it continues. The remakes. Scrooge was like, my son's 50. They didn't make him look old. Trust me. Because <laughs> after that, they had the original.
0: Yeah.
3: Right? Oh, I stayed up. I didn't care how many cups of coffee I had. I said, I have to uh, refill my Christmas uh, spirit because right now.
1: You needed the real thing.
3: I cannot, and I enjoyed it. And I compared the XL or EXL or whatever, <laughs> and they do they do put that uh, yeah, they, the letters before it. They kind of give you a hint.
1: They kind of give you a hint that it's not going to be what you're expecting. I guess
3: I can't. I when, to say that they're doing this the classic.
1: Yeah, shame on that. There's
3: no justification. That's a part of that. I'd love to see, I would love oh. now to see the Scarlet Letter. I'd love to see, uh, you know, some yeah. of the great
1: ones. Well, listen, you're a former school teacher, right? So, had you ever heard of this Equity Institute that I just uh, told you about? Never. Now, isn't that disgusting? Yeah, yeah. Can you believe they've been in operation for four years? And uh, did you see the size of their staff? and the, the Oh, char- and you know what kills
3: me? They're all saying, what's the new word? We have to have visibility or whatever that oh, new word is. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, they're the ones preaching it, and they've been hiding things forever. Yep. Now, if you want, and I believe this, if you want something to teach, I think parents... Uh, there's certain things that are a parent's obligation. You yeah, know, religion can be right. Absolutely,
1: be, yeah. should be taught okay. at home.
3: If you want that, because you got to
1: counteract this crap that's going on in the education system.
3: Oh, I'm going to every single school committee meeting. I want to see the books. I want to see everything. Good for you. Uh, because I'm, I'm thinking that they, you can't change. They're taking down stacks. The Civil War was a Civil War. It helped took place. But now, reparations.
1: Yeah, let's get over it, will you? For God's sakes.
3: Most of the people (laughs) in this country now did not descend from the Civil War. But 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 can I call them now? You're afraid to offend everybody. But I have have blacks in my family. I mean, but let me tell you. They came over, uh, I'd say... Mid 60 when they started come over from Nigeria and all the African yeah. countries. Listen,
1: we're getting too far off subject. But listen, I want to thank you very much for the call. And you well, visit those I'll schools. Get over this. I hope by New Year. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Got a lot more to talk to you about. Did you know that gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake's legal team has discovered that 42.5% of the Randomly examined ballots in Arizona's Maricopa County for the governor's race were illegitimate. 42.5%, I and this is a random selection. They just picked from a pile. Following what Lake claimed to be an illegitimate election, she was granted the ability to inspect 50 election day ballots From six different polling centers throughout the county in Arizona, and 42.5% were illegitimate ballots. So you wonder why they're having that uh, situation out there in Arizona. Did you hear about the published study by the Cleveland Clinic, which suggests that the COVID-19 vaccines actually increase... The risk of contracting COVID 19. I know you're stunned, so you want me to repeat it, right? So I will. The Cleveland Clinic has done a study where they have learned that if you have taken the COVID 19 vaccines, you are at an in- increased risk of contracting the disease. And frankly, I'm hearing that from more and more people as I talk to them. It seems that each subsequent booster further increases your risk of catching the milder forms of COVID vaccine that's floating around these days. The report revealed that those with three or more shots were more than three times as likely to be infected as those who haven't gotten any shot at all. Like me. The report also suggests that those who have not received any COVID shots have the absolute lowest risk of getting COVID to begin with. While it's worth noting that this study showed only a small increase in infection risk, this is still in direct opposition to the way vaccinations are being advertised to the public with your money, particularly on television. Did you watch the Tampa Bay game last night? Tom Brady did not seem to be as sharp as I would have liked, but at least they won the game with a field goal kick. Tune in at 9.30 this morning to hear what Joey Gallant has to say about this game. Frankly, I wasn't terribly impressed with Tom's performance. Speaking of tuning in, at right after the news, right, Kim Garneau going to be on this morning. You want to be sure to tune her in as well. Hey, according to emails obtained by House Republicans, Nancy Pelosi was directly involved in the security failures that led to the January incident at the U.S. Capitol. All right. I basically have told you this story. This one is from the Daily Mail. So uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to move on to this one. Vladimir Putin is being kept alive on Western cancer drugs, we hear, so that he can continue to wage his war in the Ukraine. But medics are hinting now that the Russian leader may be in his last year of power. Why? Because no medicine can be endlessly successful. The story is online this morning in case you want to read it. There were around 200 comments on the story. Have you run into this problem yet with lithium batteries that you may own? Listen up. It seems a Tesla car owner in Virginia reveals that he was forced to cancel his Christmas travel plans. Why? Because his Tesla car wouldn't charge up. Because it was too cold in Virginia. Dominic Nady, 44, tells us how his Telsa S wouldn't hold a charge in the extreme cold. And he posted a video on TikTok Saturday morning to show you what happens when he tried to charge his vehicle. Others have expressed having similar issues with the cold weather. And by the way, I've only seen one car hooked up to the four charging stations that are conspicuous outside the Blackstone Town Hall during the entire past two years that they've been there. I'm having less interest in owning an electric car. How about you? My grandson tells me he bought all lithium batteries for his power tools and discovered during the winter they don't work. Hmm. They work great in the summer. During the winter, they're lousy. Well, for years, the NFL had Thanksgiving and the NBA had Christmas. Guess what? Now the NFL is coming down the chimney and is stealing the NBA's milk and cookies. The NFL is playing on Christmas Day, and they did so the third straight season, and I bet you were tuned in. You had the Packers at the Dolphins, you had the Broncos at Rams, and then you had the Buccaneers uh, at Cardinals last night, right? With Christmas falling on Sunday this year, Christmas is becoming a football holiday. Guess what? The NFL accounted for 41 of the 50 most-watched TV broadcasts of 2021. 75 out of the top 100. So, I don't know about you, but I was tuned in uh, this morning at around 2.30. I recorded the Buccaneers-Cardinals game. Now, I don't have the exact numbers yet, but I'm understanding that the Packers-Browns game drew 28.6 million viewers. And the Colts Cardinal game drew 12.6 million viewers. And the Christmas Day NBA game drew just 4.1 million viewers. So, I mean, uh, the NFL is outdrawing the NBA like 5, 6 to 1. Did you know, and this is a, a new fact, I, I learned that we have... millionaires in the United States. And we have a U.S. population that is growing every minute. Right now it's at 333,502,097 people. And the U.S. is the third most populated nation in the on the Earth, would you like to learn more? You can go to where I got this information it's u s d e b t clock dot org and it keeps track of a lot of things, like how deep we are in debt, for example. Hey, did you know or did you care what King Charles had to say about Christmas yesterday? I don't think so <laughs> I mean, he was talking, and I'm saying, what the hell is he talking about? And he's talking about his dead mother. And uh, I just turned him off in my head. But I was impressed to hear Pope Francis call for an end to the Russian war in the Ukraine. And as you probably know, I've got a place down in Hollywood, Florida. So I was interested in this story. Hollywood, Florida police are working to return the gifts That were stolen by a porch pirate who spent his Christmas in handcuffs. Good. Police say in total 39 packages were recovered belonging to residents of Hollywood and Dania Beach. The thief, who I won't name, is charged with two counts of burglary, one count of grand theft, and one count of resisting an officer. Police were alerted when they noticed the guy going door-to-door picking up the packages, and when they finally got to his car, they found a whole bunch of other packages, and they arrested him. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Upfront program this morning. My name is Dick Bouchard. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.